The following program contains strong language and is intended only for mature audiences. Two one two one two one two, ladies and gentlemen, be boys, be girls, be men, be women. The Get Off My Lawn podcast is back, in effect, and I am here with two guests. One who is up north in Killer Cali, sitting in the shade, sipping lemonade. MJ, what's up? Yeah, well, what's up? What's up, James? What's up, uh, Big Gray? Yeah. East Coast Dre hunkered down. The blizzard of what ni- uh, 2016 heading your way. Yeah, yeah, they calling it a uh, Jonas, I believe it's called. So, yeah, so we just we just got it started, you know. By the time that the listeners hear this, I'll probably be you know in the igloo or something. Damn. I mean, at a certain point, um, what can you do? Because you told me about this about a week ago, like. Yeah, I'll be available for the podcast because I'll be locked down on Stormwatch. So, right? Did you have to go buy bottled water and supplies to sustain well, yourself? You know. <laughs> well, you know, you know, we. Um, my wife is always good with that. She, you know, I, she called me like, "Oh, what should we get?" And you know, the supermarket's always crazy. So she went to Costco and just got like you know a bunch of stuff for the. Put it, put it, we put it in the garage. The garage is cold anyway, so we put a bunch of, you know, just food. Just it's like just in case stuff. You want to get, you want to pack down your refrigerator, you know, if you lose power or something crazy, you just got a bunch of spoiled ass food. Put it outside in the snow or something. So you guys draw straws to see who has to go to the garage in the middle of the blizzard to see who, who brings the food back. <laughs> yeah, uh, I need some juice. Uh, who's going? <laughs> Wow. No, but it's actually connected to the house. So it's like a, it's just a doorway. Perfect. It's just cold as hell in there. <laughs> huh? Is your power? Well, I guess your power is still on. Yeah, power. The yeah, power is good. Knock on wood. I mean, you know, we the last couple of storms we've been fine. I think we only lost. We knock on wood haven't lost power in a storm in like eight or nine years. 
even even when Sandy hit, we were we had power. People came to stay at my house. Neighbors were coming to my house, like plugging their phones. So knock on wood. Uh, oh, that's right. You're in Jersey, right? Yeah, I'm in Jersey. So, okay, okay. I noticed uh, uh, once again, Chris Christie bailed out of town. Oh man, this guy, <laughs> man, this guy. I, I I can't I can't say enough bad things about this guy. Like he's really not liked he's not liked in jersey which is i don't understand how he's number one stays in office and how you know he's running for president because people in jersey don't really like him wow i mean if people people in jersey don't like you it's not going to translate nationally right right. i mean like your jersey thing if it's not hitting in jersey it's (laughs) not going to happen like right in in mississippi or in iowa if you can't your own horrible home state what are you gonna do damn but hey worst comes to worst your power goes out at least we know that you can uh survive eating gingerbread houses (laughs) (laughs) but you gotta bake those man you gotta bake those oh okay and and here's a tip what i found out after that I couldn't actually eat the gingerbread house because my wife used a recipe that's non-edible. Come so on. Can, so you can eat it. It just doesn't taste good. <laughs> wow. So after all this construction, I have something like I can eat the off of the Apparently cardboard. Wow. But I'm a man. I'm 40. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Well, well, speaking of the blizzard because MJ is a uh kind of kind of on that Hillary Clinton thing where you rolled up to NYC and lived there long enough where you are considered a uh a real deal New Yorker, but you've been out here in Cali and you know, 70 degrees, t-shirts, shorts, and when you look at the news and see this blizzard going on, you're headed back east pretty soon to take up it's residence great, out there man. again? I can't wait. Yeah, it's, it's uh, fantastic. Go back to the grime and the snow and the sub-zero temperatures. Yeah, man. I can't <laughs> wait. can't wait. What did um, you do with all your winter gear? You know, that's a good question. I think it's it's in um, various people's homes that I'm friends and family with. Wow. And I have to go around and collect it all again. But, yeah, I'm not looking forward to that. So how much longer are you going to uh, be with us out here in the Golden State? Two or three months. Um, hoping that enough lemons grow in the, in the meantime so I can bring all the lemons back to hey. New York and New Jersey. <laughs> you can get a uh, start up a California lemon stand, lemonade stand. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's not great, but you know, I love New York, uh, so we'll see what happens. You and Alicia Keys. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Concrete jungle where things are made of. So, um, as for the podcast, anybody who's been uh, subscribing has is well aware of the ups and downs we've had with some technical issues uh, at the end of 2015, but that's all been resolved. 
We had an outstanding episode and discussion <clears throat> with East Coast Dre and Professor Belk, where we took aim at who is responsible for the, I guess you could say the decline or the sorry state of affairs with regard to hip-hop. Uh, we got through 1993, and it turned out that was a uh, critical year in this whole discussion. So if you haven't listened to that podcast, I don't know where you've been or how you got here now, but if you go to uh, iTunes and search the podcast for Get Off My Lawn, you'll see us right there. Subscribe, and then you don't have to worry. The latest episodes will be right there on your device. Or you can go to theliberator.com, T-H-A-L-I-B-E-R-A-T-O-R.com, where all of the podcasts are uh, hosted and downloadable. And there's also some extra content. So if you were listening to the previous episode and you're not sure what exactly a triple fat goose is, while you could Google it, as we did during the show, you could also go to The Liberator. And while you're listening to uh, our scintillating investigative piece, you can see the jacket that uh, Professor Belk got punked out of wearing when he heard the (laughs) but and then prior to that there was an episode where I was explaining why we'd been away for so long and then I think the one prior to that may have been the last one where MJ was here with the lemons and the lemonade and uh, that was what about October maybe it was a while back. Even earlier than that, yeah. That was Maybe. So, there may be people who are unfamiliar with the exact format of the show. So, this is going to be more of a traditional Get Off My Lawn podcast episode in which we bring back what I consider to be the OG iPod. Yes, iPod. I have the classic, no longer in production iPod that, uh, at this point I forget how many gigabytes it holds, but it's the most of any iPod that they've they made. And I currently have 15,622 songs and counting on there, predominantly hip-hop, and what we do here is set the iPod to shuffle and pull up five songs and whatever comes up is whatever we we review. Now, because of this episode, um, we may actually do ten reviews, but we'll start off with uh, we'll start off with five. Then we have some other things to get into, some uh, current hip-hop events and uh, you know, we'll see how it plays out let me see if I can find let's see I'm still mad because I haven't been able to find the uh, 
the password and code or confirmation email for the software I purchased that would allow me to drop little sound effects here and there. So I still have to do it in a old school haphazard kind of way. But, you know, <laughs> here we go. Let's see. One, two, three, four, five. There we go. So, first up, we have. Let's see what you're going to give us. Wow. Okay. So, this uh, MJ, you're up in the Yay area, and this is a Yay area classic. Too short, the ghetto. And the thing that's interesting about this song is the end because this is the album version this isn't the uh made for tv or made for play on your old school throwback radio channel this is the ghetto taken from life is too short album and uh let's check it out here the show Talking about the ghetto Funky, funky, get out Trying to survive Trying to stay alive Don't have enough to 
you might kill for Young kids grow up and that's all they know Didn't teach him in school, now he's slanging dope Only thing he knows is how to survive But will he kill another brother before he dies in the ghetto? You keep one eye open all day long just hoping and hoping You can pay your bills and not drink too much Then the problems of life you'll be throwing up like me But you don't see 10 years from now where will you be? Wow to that last part with the last poets. Yeah, I, I didn't. Well, I've never heard that verse. I didn't know they used that whole last poets portion. Of the yeah, album. what is that version? That's that's the album version, and yeah, it's <clears throat> it's one of those things that we mentioned uh, on one of the podcasts a while back. That back in the day, even the filthy rappers had like one positive. Right. Yeah. And that was his. And it's interesting. I mean, the the album is what it is. And it's, you know, typical too short. You know, I'm pimping bitches and giving them no kind of slack. (laughs) That's pretty good. I've had a lot of practice. (laughs) (laughs) But then 
then that song comes in out of nowhere and it was a huge hit i mean this is from back in the umtv raps heyday so it got plenty of play and i'm assuming you know, it was I, a crossover thing yeah i just looked it up it looks like it was it was actually a top 50 song overall it was number 42 on the billboard hot 100 which is i mean in 1990 that's pretty that's pretty good yeah and see i don't know i don't know how it played or resonated outside of la but uh down here it was i mean you can still hear it on uh i'd say even on the primarily on the old school hip-hop station they have out here k-day but mm-hmm. you're likely to hear it in a mix here or there you know all over because it's his positive song and but that part with the last poets at the end is just it's it's nothing you would expect from too short right yeah. but, i remember i remember when that song came out you know um well i remember the video came out i guess because you know like you said it's like umt raps so i remember watching that and you know i, I, I want to say that my exposure to too short was mostly positive records because it was life is too short which was like a positive record talking about you know life you in the ghetto. agree right exactly life <laughs> is and and so you know when i finally heard like too short too short yeah the, you know bitch and all that what's my favorite like when i heard that too short i was like wow it's the same guy like i just never realized that he was like a hardcore like rapper yeah because the only singles he could put out Right, those two, right? Right, those two songs from that album. That was it. That's all I got. But that, but to your point, James and 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 Ray, I mean, I think that song was big in the middle of Pennsylvania where I grew up. And so, if if that's the case, you know, it it had scope. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Too short. Short dogs in the house. You better listen to me. All right. (laughs) Too short. So we go from. Too short. One, two, three, four, five. Two. This is an interesting because uh, interesting group because well, the group is interesting, but it's also equally interesting that my iPod pulled them up again out of the fifteen thousand plus songs because some of this stuff sounds like. I chose it or I picked it, but I didn't. So the next song is from Run the Jewels, and ah. it is entitled Run the Jewels. <laughs> and uh, LP and Killer Mike, they seem to be, hmm, I would say your favorite hipster's favorite rap group. <laughs> I, I don't think you could put that any more accurately than that. Yeah. Well, damn. I'm not saying I don't like them, but when I run into uh, sort of 20, early 30-something hipsters around L.A. who want to impress me with their uh, hip-hop credentials, um, you know, know, run the jewels, run the jewels. (laughs) So what do you guys think about this? Let me know your assessment of this uh, this assessment. So essentially, I'm thinking that Run the Jewels is equivalent, in my mind at least, to what MF Doom was in like 
like eight years ago. Like it's that that one sort of seminal group or individual where you can say, not everybody knows who this person is. And if you're just somebody who sort of has an ancillary limited knowledge of hip hop and you want to impress somebody at a party, you're probably going to say MF Doom, you know, eight years ago or whatever it was. I think, I think that, that phenomenon, at least I ran up with that and saw it. I think I see that now with this one of Jewel stuff. I don't know what you guys think. I think that's, I think that's, that's, I think that might be a great example. That might be a great, and see, once, once you guys are talking about the fact that the hipsters, you know, like, well, at least name check wearing the jewels, it, it makes a lot of sense to me. It, it makes, yeah. I, yeah, I guess, I guess you guys are right. You know, I, I guess I gave Red and Jewels a lot of credits because, you know, I think they're dope, but now that I think about it, yeah, if you want to, if you want to be, you want to be down and say, hey, I'm going to impress jeans, then I'm going to say Run the Jewels. Right. Right. And it doesn't mean that doesn't mean what they do isn't any good or, or right. whatever. Same with MF Doom. I mean, it, right. You know, yeah. But but that's like the name that people, I think, will drop now in, in, what, in respect to what James is saying. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I love the company flow stuff, and it's, a lot of the company flow yes. stuff yes. is still, it's either ahead of its time or it's just plain weird. But I like a lot of it. And I think I saw like Killer Mike. To me, Killer Mike is the new Quali. If Quali could stay on beat and was dope. <laughs> oh my goodness. Wow, we're already going in on Blackstar guys. <laughs> oh right. Say it. I mean, really, are you. Have you not noticed over the years Quali's proclivity to leave the beat and not make it back? <laughs> Both Dell and Too Short have identified that specific ability as critical to being a successful MC. I think Too Short said, rap so fast you keep leaving the beat. And Dell had a whole thing about if you leave the beat and you don't come back, the effort was worthless. Quali, man, that, that it just... It's true. I, and I mean, I think that that's his, that's always been the complaint that people have with him. But on the, at the same time, he's... There's times when he is on beat and the and the instances where he's at his peak are just so phenomenal that I'm willing to, to forget a lot of that stuff. I mean so you're, so you're saying Quali's rhyming is like, you know, like when you have to check that bag on a connecting flight and you just never get it back. <laughs> <laughs> That's a way to put it. Or if I'm gonna take MJ's point, then Quali's like DeAndre Jordan. He puts up a good performance, but the fact that he can't shoot free throws is a detriment to his overall uh, rating. And Quali, man, it's a, initially I thought that he assumed I may never get another chance to be on another record that people get to hear. So let me say every single thing I want to say right now on this record. Who cares about the, you know, whatever, my message. Damn. You Make know what? You know what? Oh, just keep going. Sorry. No, 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 no. That's fine. Because I was just going to say, I could put together a compilation of Quali leaving the beat greatest hits. Oh, greatest greatest I, leaving the beats hits. I need to hear that. This is sad to me. But I, I'm going to make another analogy if you guys will forgive me. But I, to, to me, I see the, the trajectory of Quali after the Black Star. Like, Black Star album is one of my favorite albums of all time. So I'm not going to say anything bad about anything you did on that 
record whether he's on beat or off beat. But I see his trajectory in terms of the quality of his on beatness or whatever that may be, similar to what I saw back in the day with whether you want to say Derek X or Sadat X, whichever one. But but that guy on the on the first brand newbie album, I felt was like super solid and always on beat. And then as time progressed, it became just like just different. Like he was going in different places that maybe was just beyond my comprehension, but he wasn't on beat in the same way. Um, and you could appreciate some of his stuff, but like it was just different. And I feel like that's to me, that's sort of what quality of going on. Dre, damn. Are you damn. suggesting are you suggesting that you've never noticed Quali going off beat? I've I've noticed Quali going off beat. I always considered it being like a part of the style. Like how he flips. <laughs> I, I just maybe I didn't realize he he was veering. I didn't know he was asleep at the wheel. I didn't realize it. I, I like Quali. Well, that's the question. That's how he he's got us all, right? So I'm me and you are willing to say like that's part of this thing maybe right. but a lot of people are like are like uh mr lati over here and they're like that's, <laughs> that guy's just like out there and he just he goes away and he never gets back so i've definitely heard that before and i sort of cast it aside because i like the guy as a, as a guy. wait wait you heard people say that before or you heard him go off beat both but i'm wait, saying okay. i i forgive it because I, I like him and I, I, I can deal with that in, in sort of every once in a while. I mean, but it is a common, I think it's a common complaint about, about him. And he's, it's one that he, it pisses him off. I know that. Like, I've heard him. Well, then he should get on beat. It's, just like, it's like, you know, it's like Doc Rivers complaining about Hacka DeAndre. Well, make your, make your damn free throws. And it goes away. If you get on beat, suddenly that criticism evaporates. And I think... But, but James, to be fair, like there's a lot of guys now, like you were talking about MF Doom. I mean, that guy's a lot of the times all over the place. I mean, that's that's kind of a thing to, to Dre's point. I mean, right. so it's impossible, I think. <laughs> I think you're right, James. But, I, but it's impossible to say for certain that he's not doing it on purpose. He's not. <laughs> and I'm, I'm going to tell the listeners right now, we may never hear that Run Jewel song. I know. I'll play it, but I'm just saying that uh, you know this dude. All right, that hey, this this podcast is we've got plenty of we've got a deep well of potential topics and oh my goodness whether whether or not Quali is intentionally going off the beat. We might have to do a whole episode on off beat, (laughs) weird, out of the box flows, but. Quali, this might deserve a special episode. And I hate it because I think some of the stuff on the podcast comes across as I don't like this person or that person. The De La Soul Tribe Called Quest, we had a little thing back in the early early episodes. But with Quali, I I appreciate his messages and I also equally appreciate his activism and think that that's admirable and I'm glad that he's at least been able to stick around as long as he has that being said at the end of the day rap and if you're off beat you're off beat sorry like well, maybe, think- this, maybe rapping's not your thing maybe you need to do oh, spoken oh, word oh, oh. 
let's just cut to the song. I mean, I, whatever. I think I think it's interesting, if nothing else, that we have three people here who kind of have three, maybe related, but to totally different opinions of this. Which means, like, you know, it's more fun that way. I think yeah. we're all just like he's terrible or he's great, you know, whatever. Well, we I have, don't even know how we got how we get here because I said Killer Mike <laughs> is like the new quality. He's political. He's an activist, but. The main difference is he stays on beat. Oh, he stays on beat. Okay. Oh. And we got here because James was being mean. I'm just saying. While we have different James is on his lawn again. Yeah. <laughs> while we have different opinions, we're all looking at the same set of facts. We've all agreed Quali leaves the beat. So I need more I need more proof. Proof of what? That he leaves the beat? Yes. As often as you say I need more beat. I need more proof. Okay. Cool. <laughs> oh, Just do your schedule for the next <laughs> podcast episode. I'll be more than happy to put together a quality leaving the beat no, off the rails no. <laughs> compilation. Oh, I'm gonna have to like mediate this now. Hey, yeah, wow. you'll need to be there. <laughs> it's funny because I didn't know this was a controversial take. <laughs> I thought it was just something I was going to say, like, you know, sun came up yesterday. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was nice. Nice day. Hmm, didn't know. All right, so Run the Jewels, self-titled. Here is Run the Jewels. Run, 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 run. Where the fuck have we here? These motherfuckers all throwing no roads. These guys with a bad dream better not sleep. Take a nose, those do some blow. Oh shit, what the hell have we done? It's alive and it's hungry as fuck. Better hide all the sacks at the door, but it's out of my control. You were shit out of luck. I don't wanna be unfair, but the pair we got beat that weak shit. You got good spot with that new box. Who's right? Good squad with our new one. I don't wanna sound unkind, but the sounds I make are the sounds of the hounds out I'm howling. Under your bed, I'm here growling. Same time under the blanket, you're cowing. Cowing like cowards, cowing on concrete showers in Rikers Island. Victims, we the wolves is wildin', we off Smiling at sights of violence Acting brave and courageous Ain't advantageous for health and safety So when we say run the Jews Just run them baby Please don't delay me And that goes for a guy lady The fam goddamn, We fucking crazy I pull this pistol Put it on your poodle Love your fucking baby She clutched the pearl Said what the world And I won't give a shit I put the pistol on that poodle And I shot that Run the Jews Pull up a pin, a grenade, get a crowd that they beat it, it's sold to adoption. I'm a fool for the win, I've been made to be live, but he's 
never got drowned in the softness In the urn of the dirt get tossed in With a grin of a smirk and a cost in I'ma sin on a verse like a kid in a hurt Or a nine in the cunt shot, stop it Big D's in the cage with a heart for the rage It seems I can't behave You can try to get out, oh well, you fail This thing the world can't be saved These streets is full with the wolves that starve for the week So they after the week In a land for the lambs, I am and I be damn phone Show my Run the jewels, jewels, jewels Run the jewels, 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 The jewels were awakened. So, what do you all think? I'm assuming you've heard that before, but it, I haven't heard it in a while. Got me kind of hyped up. Uh, Dre, you want to go first? Yeah, I haven't heard that in a while. And after hearing "Run the Jewels" too, I I didn't like that as much. It's kind of it's kind of weird, like. I remember when I first heard Running Jewel, you know, I liked it, but I think Running Jewels 2 was so much better, like even production value so much better to me that I like listen to it now. It's kind of like, oh, yeah, I remember this. I kind of shrugged my shoulders at it. It's kind of weird for me. So it's almost like hearing a, a song you really liked before. And now you're just kind of like, eh. Damn. Yeah, it's kind of weird. So I guess go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, 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 no. Go ahead. Go ahead. So, so my thing, and this is gonna, I'm gonna show my slash our age here. Um, I like the song. I like the actually like the beat. I like the energy of it. But when I, anytime I've heard this song, um, and this may just be me and in my brain, but the only thing I can think of is like I would rather be listening to Bombs Over Baghdad because for whatever reason, I don't know if it's like that that drum and bass, whatever that beat move is, and then like the really fast raps. It just makes me want to go to iTunes and listen to Bombs Over Baghdad, which I would like rather listen to at an infinity level than I would this, but I'm fine with this. I mean, I think it, for what it is, I think I enjoy it, but anytime I've heard this, I'm like, there's something here that's in my brain triggering Bombs Over Baghdad, and then I'll go listen to Bombs Over Baghdad and like that, like a brilliant times. Well. Really? That's a good <clears throat> point. Yeah, that's, you know what? That's, that's, maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's, it's like, maybe I liked it because it sounded like Bombs Over Baghdad and I never really put it together. That's crazy. Hmm. See, I, I mean, it's obviously it not. It's not the same, but it's just there's something there that is reminiscent of that for me. Yeah. Right. It's like the drum pattern is like kind of wild and crazy and fast. And yeah, yeah. See, to me, it strikes me as a like a company flow style song with more straightforward lyrics and. Mm-hmm. And then maybe, you know, Killer Mike was down there with, uh, you know, Andre 3000, right, big right. boy. So perhaps the fact that it reminds you of uh, something that Outkast did, uh, maybe that's the maybe that's the thing. 
However, the interesting part is that, as I mentioned, I don't know what's going on with the algorithms, but we've got a treat because the next song that came up on the iPod (laughs) (laughs) I like that one the uh, next song that came up is Killer Mike and the maybe my iPod is just that hip hop aware Oh, here we in, go. Its, in its uh, digital DNA that it knows oh, okay I just goodness. played Run the Jewels let me see let's get this Killer Mike song I don't know I don't know how to the explain ghost, it the ghost of Steve Jobs is in your iPod <laughs> yeah <laughs> so we heard from Run the Jewels which is Killer Mike and LP and the next song is Monster from Killer Mike's first album, which I believe came out in 2002, 2003. And uh, we'll check this out and see what exactly this reminds you of, if anything. I'm an ungodly figure, but in the company of hard liquor, Texas niggas turn me on the water. I smoke the river, apocalyptic winter. Stay lace and reaper, stay serving eagles, stay open eagles. Murder fanatic, killer fantastic. Swerving semi-conscious with a half a blunt and an automatic. Bought it to snout it, just in case I meet with static. But I deliver to your address, the dead traffic. Your mother screaming at limousine, followed by some slow traffic. Here's the reason for my murder tactic. I'm gonna kill, I ain't a fucking rapper. I'm a crack sacker. I'm a strong gun robbery and kidnapper I'm a carjacker I'm a if you owe dope then your hope snatcher I'm a slumlord for life, not a fucking actor I'm the feel that haunts ya I'm the dude that used to haunt ya I'm the monster, I'm the sick and twisted monster I'm the monster, I'm the sick and twisted monster I'm the monster, I'm the sick and twisted monster I'm the monster, I'm the sick and twisted monster I'm the hate in the dark heart of heartless men Deprived of love, bad crack, nurtured and sin I'm unwanted children, doped up on little by age 10, at 16 a fiend, nursing a weed, having in a bottle of gin, I'm the solo with men that's been betrayed by men, that trifling nigga looking to deceive her again, earn her trust again, then I lost again, when she turned her back, I'm digging at a friend again, I'm on Avenger 8, and in body of sin, I spit it for blood flips and Mexicans, I spit for disciples and Elbukens, this sick soundtrack that robbing and losing, neighborhood shootings, murder and boosting, it's steering game, with the fury for my lost generation in the last days The feeling haunts ya, it's the dude that's used to haunt ya I'm the monster, I'm your sick and twisted monster I'm the monster, I'm your sick and twisted monster I'm the monster, I'm your sick and twisted monster I'm the monster, I'm your sick and twisted monster I'm the monster, I'm your sick and twisted monster I'm the monster, I'm your sick and twisted monster I'm the monster, I'm your sick and twisted monster I'm the monster, I'm your sick and twisted monster You better watch out for me Killer Mike. Now, if the Run the Jewels cut reminded you of Outcast, then that definitely had to. Or not. What's up? 
No? Um, I guess, yeah. I mean, I I Damn. have no real I have no real strong feelings about this one. Um, it's I think it's okay. Um, I I I don't even remember when is this from? Uh, two thousand three. Yeah, I may have been kind of out of out of commission for a while there, and I may not have heard that at the time, but it's not really moving me. What about what about you guys? Yeah, yeah, um, it didn't like you said it, it didn't move the needle at all for me. Um, really? Yeah, it didn't move the needle. But are you, you in, two- are you inclined not to like Killer Mike? No, that's actually, your problem. I'm, actually. No, that's not even my problem. Actually, I heard <laughs> a, what I think is still an unreleased Killer Mike song that he gave to a friend of mine, and they played it in my friend's apartment when he had like a little dinner party or something. And he's like, "Y'all gotta play this Killer Mike," and the song was incredible to the point where I went and like searched and hunted down some more Killer Mike songs after that. But I, I don't know. Like this is two thousand two, two thousand three. Maybe is that is that round? That's not is that Bone Crusher time? Um, was this was that or was it Bone Crusher before that? I ain't never scared. Was that just Bone Crusher? Was maybe a little before that? Maybe it just feels like that that era of hip hop when I kind of was like, yeah, that's the same felt, time. That's the same. Yeah, I just felt like I remember that and that during that era of hip hop, I kind of felt like everybody was like doing the same thing in pods. So you might have had like you know the people who were doing snap music and then you had people who sounded like this song so it was like Bone Crusher and Killer Mike and, and I kind of like tuned out and was kind of like I'll just listen you know what this was 2003 I probably was listening to whatever because I, I remember there was one year where the only song I listened to was like a J album and somebody else's album like and that's all I listened to because it was like yeah. I don't want to listen to any expressive crap for the rest of it I didn't like oh, I just felt like it was too everything sounded too similar and yeah. so I think that's that's what this song is felt like to me. Is like it kind of felt like too similar. A new guy was sounding too similar to something I'd already heard. So I was just sticking with the people that I heard in the you know late to the late nineties or something. Well, I remember. Do you remember the song "Action" that he had? I I want to say that's the one that had like uh, all the Zulu Nation imagery, and he's like running through the walls, and there were bands. Oh and, yeah, yeah. And it was on the uh, one of the what Madden games. Yeah, and was that action? Was it? Let's that might have been. Yeah, I think so. Let me. Let me. Yeah. Hang on. Drop the. Enough to make a black ghost turn pale. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, K-I-L-L, this is the name that came to alter the game, not like this is the same, yeah, yeah, and I think in that video, it was just crazy, and there was a lot of like I said, Africa Bambata Zulu Nation imagery, and he's just running through walls and going crazy and getting high. I guess back then it would have been Crunk. That would have the uh, <laughs> right. Just, yeah, right. It would have been like Crunk. Right? But see, he he strikes me as he's kind of like the the next generation of uh, Goody Mob, where yeah, he's got totally. that 
he's got that southern sound. He's got sort of that hard street edge, but also that attempt at consciousness and uh, sort of a political, a uh, little bit of political lyricism in there. So that's a great call, actually. Yeah, no, if, if I, I hadn't thought about that before he said that, but it's it's like a perfect fit, I think. So we got K I L L. This is the name that came to alter the game. And what do we got next? Let's see. One, two, three, four, and five. So I believe, let's see, we had, what do we, we had Run the Jewels, Killer Mike, Too Short. So this is the, this is the fourth song. And let's see, what did the iPod pulled up? Okay, this is going to be interesting. Um, Thug Like Me by Sticky Fingers. And I had this on some kind there was a, there was some Onyx domain. It was like a fan, an Onyx fan website. And people would post up instrumentals and demos and all kinds of random things. And... This song, I'm not sure if it was from an album or if it was just something that was never released, but I got it. You want it? I got it. Maybe you don't want it, but I still got it. (laughs) And we're going to check it out right here. Shorty said he wanna be a thug. It's 
tough to be a thug like me, I'm still struggling That's why I'm mugging niggas on the A-train With a hole in their head so big, you see they range Most of bullets are shot, ain't had no names If you a thug, then you probably been arrested You can't get an honest job with a record Suicide, yeah, maybe that's the answer I do it slow, so the boys will get cancer It's hard to be a thug, plus I'm black Everywhere I go, I gotta watch my back I can't even leave my crib without the gap Nigga, what's up? No, no, no. <laughs> so, Thug Like Me, I looked it up, was taken from the follow-up Sticky Fingers solo album, the follow-up to Black Trash, the autobiography of Kirk Jones, um, which is phenomenal. This? Come on. We talked about in that last episode about uh, people putting on gimmicks and when Onyx came out their songs would play and you would wait for that last verse to hear what Sticky would say and to say that this is too much of a good thing I mean this wasn't even a good thing this was just too much it was too damn much much. so much yeah I mean I don't want to say anything all that bad about it because I'm afraid of this guy but I think that <laughs> I think that um, it's just affirmatively I, it hurt my ears like and, and I don't feel like there's a lot of artists and rappers and songs that I can say that about but it really like it I felt I, I just I, I don't feel good about where I am right now in terms of, <laughs> after hearing that song so um, you know I mean, we talked about illegal. I mean, this this was a thing. Like, that was a whole... That was like an era. I don't know if it lasted, like, you know, a year or two, but, like, there were 15 groups or dudes sounding almost exactly like that at one point. And, like, you know, whatever. Like, I think there's some merit to it, and I think some of that stuff could be great, but, like, I'm just glad we're not there anymore. Well, it definitely didn't last until 2003, which is when this dropped. <laughs> right. Oh, my goodness. Right, right. And as I may or may not have mentioned, it was from an album entitled But Wait, It Gets Worse. So did that song. <laughs> I think that song gave me a headache. Like, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm saying, yeah. yeah I mean, and it, I mean, for it, to, for it to make MJ question like his, his place in the universe, <laughs> then the song has got to be bad. It really sounded like Sticky being a caricature of himself. Yes. Like, that yes. was That's what it was. Like, it's just that was not a good record goodness gracious what um this is my thing and i and you started out talking about the song and jc i mean you had to explain i, I heard you copping please on why you had that song on your ipod like like hey. i said this before i'm starting to question these fifteen thousand songs on your ipod now i'm wow. because if you have that song on there yeah, I think you should, I think you should delete that song, man. Because I think, I think, this is gonna get ugly right now. This is gonna get ugly fast. I think it should be minus one. I mean, <laughs> here's the thing: <laughs> I have a hip hop archive, 
And right. if you want to okay. say what, whatever happened to Sticky Fingers? You know, <laughs> you like, Bill, like Bill Clinton said at the uh, Democratic convention, I'm fixing to tell you. <laughs> oh wow! So, wow. Here's the thing: when music became free, um, I had a side graphics job doing. <clears throat> uh, graphics at a Kinko's and this co-worker of mine he told me about this thing called Napster and you can get music for free and I don't know how long it's going to last but you can get all your music for free and he showed me how to do it and so like I said before it was like a land grab I was like oh shit music is free let me get everything that I have on cassette because I was I never really got heavy into CDs I stayed with cassettes till the bitter end, and I was like, let me get everything I have on cassette through Napster. So I did that. Then Napster went away. Then I did LimeWire. Then that went away. Then I was part of some German internet pirate Oh, I remember that. I remember that period. Yeah, that was was a good time. And the only way that the Germans would give me access to certain hip-hop is if I offered up something that they didn't already have. So, I would give them, you know, whatever. Sticky fingers. Yeah, that would have gotten me. You gave them sticky fingers? (laughs) That would have gotten me banned. (laughs) (laughs) Can I ask a question about this way of proceeding, though, James? Yeah. Like, so, as a result of that, did you find, or do you still find that when you're trying to go random on your iPod or on your iTunes or whatever it is, that you fast forward through a lot more songs than you would otherwise? Because there, there was no, there is no editing, or do you do you create like subgroups and things? No, no. I have hip hop, and then I have like funk, and those are the only right. two uh, categories. But see, initially, like with Napster and LimeWire, you're grabbing things one song at a time. Then, right. as things proceeded, it just made more sense to grab the entire album. So I was like, I'll grab the entire album and then sort through it later. So there was a rapper out of Atlanta, I believe. His name was Ray Cash. And he had a song with Scarface that I liked. So instead of just going to grab that one song... I just grabbed the entire Ray Cash album. Now, and now nobody gets paid for making music. Thank you. I mean, that's a whole other thing. <laughs> Go talk to De La Soul. Get a Kickstarter. If Ray yeah. Ray Cash maybe needs a Kickstarter, but yeah, yeah, because you really did say when music became free. <laughs> right, right. When music became free, yeah. Oh, oh I, I was I mean, aware that it did. I mean, what do you what do you do now? What do you go to the store and buy CDs? What are you doing? Store, store. Is a <laughs> store? Oh well, you can buy from like Target or something. No, I mean you know it's like iTunes. Oh really? So you're paying like a dollar twenty a song, huh? No, for an album. If I really, if I want to support an artist, support then I'll buy the artist artist's album. <laughs> like I'm talking to Black Jimmy Iovine over here, supporting <laughs> <Whoa>. artist. <laughs> well, I mean some some people aren't you know living high on the hog. So you, if you want to support the person's album that the person you know gotta feed their kids you you know you buy their album yeah so but I'm I, not buying sticky fingers so if I bought the if I bought the quality <laughs> album he would go on beat 
Toys is, is in rare form yeah. tonight. But here, here's the thing with the, like I said, the Onyx, all the Onyx stuff, especially like that. Um, I got, there was some Onyx Illegal. website. And a lot of this stuff, you can't, uh, you know, it's the internet. Who knows when something's going to get shut down? So let right. me get it and I'll sort through it later. Now, right. with all this sticky fingers business, the previous album, if you haven't heard it, the autobiography of Kurt Kurt Jones, Black Trash, is great. Have you heard the um, uh, Prince Paul, Prince Among Thieves? Yes, yes. It's along those lines where he's got like, he's playing, like there's a clear story, um, there's guest rappers in there. It's really outstanding. If you haven't heard it, um, really? hit me up and I'll make sure that you get a hold of it but as for music becoming free and how I got the songs on my iPod yeah so I just started grabbing music so for example I didn't wait until I heard every track from the Dre Compton album before I decided to go get it I just went and got it and figured all right, I'll listen to it because I've got uh, racks of cassettes and eventually in some cds where i got burned like you hear the hot song you pay 15 bucks or whatever it is and like what the hell did i just pay for and just a quick side note if you buy your let's say you what's the last album you bought on itunes uh actually it was a the the anderson pack album i just bought that actually yesterday who Anderson Pack, he's he's actually from I think he's from LA. He's on he's on that Dre album. He's on that Dre album. He's from LA, yeah, because he has a mixtape that's called Venice. This new one is called Malibu. And he's more of a like soul singer slash rapper. So he only raps on some of his stuff. Like the last Black. rap album. Yeah, hey, whoa, whoa. You just you feel like I feel like you just tried to insult me. Oh, <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, he, yeah, no, like, that, his, like I, that Dipset Taliban reference in the last podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, et tu oh, brute? Et wow. <laughs> um, yeah, no, he um, he's he's good though. His album, I love his album. But the last rap album I bought was Kendrick's. I think Kendrick's album. All right, how much did you pay for it? What was that? Nine ninety nine, eleven ninety nine. I gotta check. Yeah. So I don't know, he knows it's he not knows real money. He's pressed. He's pressed by. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the ghost of Steve Jobs. <laughs> exactly, the ghost of Steve Jobs delivers it to you. But my thing is, it cost significantly less to produce a digital download than it does to manufacture cassettes and ship them out somewhere or CDs and ship them out. But the cost on the consumer end has continued to escalate. So I don't I don't want to hear any music industry defense, any RIAA bullshit until they can justify how in the hell a cassette and a CD are costing me just as much as something where I I just download it. And then 
I have nothing except the sound in my head. It might be some Matrix shit. It might be imaginary. Did I even really purchase anything? So, to hell with them. The, the digital frontier, it's a, it's a wild, wild west. So, fuck them. And I've got 15,622 uh, songs at my disposal. And every once in a while, something will pop up that makes me just say, ugh. And I just have to fast forward. But most of the stuff I can listen to more or less. So, speaking of... One, two, three, four, five. Okay. So this is our fifth song. And... Hmm which way do we want to go on this uh yeah all right here's what we're gonna do we're gonna go with a little bit of who did it pull up oh okay my man my homie my stromy <laughs> krs1 some bdp you know the rules here we go Hey yo, hey yo, Chris, they know the rules. <laughs> yeah, you don't stop. Say what? You don't stop. BDP in the head. You don't stop. Yo, bust it. Yo, yo, Chris, hold on. Let me give a shout out to some people. I right, bust it. I'm Scott LaRock. And you don't stop. I'm Sammy B. And you don't stop. I'm Mr. C. And you don't stop. A cool V. And you don't stop. Evil E, and you don't stop. A Easy Lee, and you don't stop. A DJ Scratch, and you don't stop. A Spinderella, and you don't stop. Jam Master J, and you don't stop. A PA Mace, and you don't stop. So yo, Crit, my mellow, my man, yo. Get on the mic and do the best you can. Well, the teacher comes to you in effect from a different style. A whole different sect. I inject force and intellect. When I hit the mic, suckers hit the deck. Come correct and practice what I preach. I don't pimp you or rule you, I teach. Come through the doors and slap up hordes. Ordering them to put back on their drawers. Cause I run their pimp. When I leave, he leaves with a limp. Shrimp, I got the tartar sauce. Never underestimate the power of the force of the intellectual KRS-1. I don't think that my job is done because I stand alone while others have to verify. Just why they are thought to be fly. I found inferior. I'm not a Muslim, but I do so. 
deep metaphysics, the science of life and how to live free from strife. Walk with ease and no disease. Understand that I am the breeze and the trees, oceans and seas, and the B and the D and the P's. Suckers try it, but I don't buy it. When I speak, you seek to stay quiet. Shut up, what, what? You better stay cool and heed the warning, boy. You know the rules. I want to, yeah. KRS-1, BDP. Now, I don't know what the two of you are going to say, what your feelings or thoughts are, considering how you don't mind Quali going off beat. <laughs> Killer Mike is makes you want to put on something else. That's fine. But KRS-1, I'm, you know, I'm rolling with the Blastmaster. And, uh... He is still one of my favorite MCs, though I can't I can't rock everything he puts out. But this is from what I would consider his when he was still in his prime. Absolutely, yeah. No, this is uh, he's in the pantheon. Certainly, he's on the the Mount Rushmore, um, and this is this is him being. KRS, which is the opposite of the the give you a headache song we heard before, is the opposite <laughs> of of like people going off beat. This when you listen to this, this is the antithesis of all that stuff because you see where he sets up his pacing. He, he gets his rhymes right every time. He, like even the lines that are corny sound good because he understands how to rhyme. In, at least in my estimation, like it's it, there's a quality to it that's inherent that was not present on some of these other songs. Yeah. Dre? I'm sorry, I fell asleep during that song. No, I'm joking. Whoa. <laughs> no, I'll say this. I'll say this about that song in particular. That song is towards, I remember it's at the top, towards the top of that album, right? It's towards the top of that album. I remember when I heard that song, I was just like, wait what because he has some really good lines and some really bad lines that's true like one song like song when he said something like i'm when i'm walking on the sidewalk i walk and i talk or something like that i was just like wait what the <laughs> what are you and so and this comes from the whole thing of me thinking and i've, and I've thought this before about some of KRS's records is that some of them he comes to the top of the head he has to because they're way too simplistic. I do this thing with my daughter um, sometimes when she's getting ready for bed and she says, oh, let's rap. So then we just start rapping back and forth. And it's like freestyle off the top of your head. And it's always, sometimes it's gibberish, whatever. And that's how, and sometimes it's really simple. And that's what I felt about some of the lines in this. And, and then he, you know, he'll do something that's like a horrible line and then he'll hit you with something that's really good. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. All, all, all within this one song, and then I, I don't know. Like I thought the intro was too long. 
The intro is definitely should be at the end of the song. Right? Yeah, the That's intro the should be at the end of the song. Oh. Exactly. But, but would, do you think? Do you, would you maybe? Would you? What do you think about what I said? Was even when the the lyrics themselves are real corny, it's still like it's still I can forgive it because it's like it, it's right where it needs to be. Like it's all kind of worked together. At least it's not uh, nice and smooth. So, like some of their some of the you know the stuff we talked about before where it's just like what are you doing like not only does it not make sense is it not interesting it's not even coherent but it's also offbeat and weird like right. that, I don't get that sense from this right no 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 it's, it's it all sounds with, with KRS KRS always sounds intentional like you know he's yeah. a lyricist so it always sounds intentional like even the songs where I think he came up the top of the head it sounds intentional it sounds like right he wanted it to sound a certain way, you know. And he listened back. He may listen back to it and said, "Oh, I'm gonna change that line. I'm gonna say this." So, you know, it's kind of a weird, like that's an interesting song to right. have with these other ones, you know, like you know the, the Killer Mike song, and then the Run the Jewel song, and then the horrible um, Sticky song. <laughs> <laughs> because you have all of these like uh, interesting wordplay from all of these guys. And you know, of course, KRS beats beats all of them. Um, but this, yeah, this this song is this song is on that album. And I don't know. I, I think this. I don't really like this album as much. I think this album. And I, we were talking about songs where you um, talk about grabbing like albums or grabbing music. I'm. I used. To, I you know when I was converting my D, my CDs over to like MP3s or whatever, I was good for not. Copying a song over. Yeah. Wait a so minute. Whoa. Have, Wasn't so this have, edutainment? No, no. So yeah. So edutainment. Edutainment. I might have three or four songs that are MP3s from edutainment because I went through it and it was like however I felt that day was how I felt about the album. So that's and you can look like if you look at my iTunes. That's how some of the songs. If I had it on a CD and I converted it. Then that's how I felt about that. Like, nope, I didn't want this song. So I probably, I think I might have this song, but I definitely have like "Love's Gonna Get You." You know what I'm saying? Like, you get right. songs that you definitely have. But um, both your approaches to to adding music is like diametrically opposed. Like, it's literally the exact opposite. Like, yeah, you know, James is like bring everything, and you and you sort of edit down, which and, I think that both are viable. Um, well, and, I, and I'll say this: when I did it, it wasn't. It wasn't like, oh, I just hate this song. I'm not going to do it. It was, it was space. Yeah. So yeah. I remember I was saying, you know, I don't have enough space to take every song. I don't have that space and the mm. time to take every song. So I'm only going to take the songs that I know I'm going to listen to. I know I'm not going to fast forward past. Um, and now, you know, in this day and age, I have, you know, terabytes of space. I have terabytes of drives. I just haven't gone back to be like, oh, I'm going to go find that one song. Because chances are, I mean, I have songs that I put on my iPhone that I still don't listen to. And I'm like, why the hell did I put this song on it? Because yeah. there might be that one moment when I want to hear that one song. And, you know. Right. But, See, that's why I got the big giant classic <laughs> iPod. Because... But you put everything on there. Yeah. Because, well, first of all, the Edutainment album... See, I'm making notes for all these uh, future episodes of the podcast because there's going to have to be a couple where where we just go through certain albums and go through song by song because you already raised my eyebrow (laughs) when you picked off 
a few songs off Low End Theory that you were like, nah, I don't want that. Nah, I don't. Like, yep. Huh? Yep. Yep. Wow, I don't know if I heard that. I, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was sacrilegious. It, it was blasphemous. No, it wasn't. There were was songs on that album that I and, I, and I remember I said it was because of sequencing. So it was sequence. It was like it was in the wrong spot. And so how I heard it, my first impression of the song is how I remember it. And so when I listen to it, it might still bring back that same feeling of why the hell is this so, song so damn slow? Or why the hell is this song drowning on? And I'm a kind of person I don't like hooks that like or that that are like belabored. Like you can't have a hook that sounds like you're you're trudging through the mud. You can't like if it's if that's a hip hop figure of a hip hop song and it sounds like it's kind of smarmy. I'm immediately going to tune out on it. Like you rather you'd rather not have a hook to have a hook that sounds like you know I'm smoking weed because I don't smoke weed, so I don't ever want to feel like I'm like in a cloud. I always want to feel like you're you're awake and you're doing something. You and it I, seemed like you were smoking weed or sniffing coke or something <laughs> when you said MJ. You know the, one of the songs he hates. Uh oh, here you go. Butter. Oh. Yeah, don't get me started. I, I, I mean, it's it's another one where I love that album, and it's just not it's it's not you know fruitful for anybody for me to just <laughs> say how great it is and, and rail on on anybody who doesn't like it. But I, it's the same with the Black Star album. I love everything about that album, and uh, I'm not going to fight you, but like I don't. So well, that's a good that's a good segue because <laughs> now we are going to slide into another uh, feature of the podcast that we haven't hit in the last eh, three or four episodes but one of the reasons why unlike unlike Dipset and Cameron one of the reasons why I was slapped with the hip hop Taliban uh, moniker is because of my very strong strident hip hop opinions and uh west coast dre rest in peace he's still with us he's still with us he just resigned yeah he resigned from the podcast and he may or may not get his technological house in order in order to be able to listen to this so i can say whatever i want um (laughs) but he threw that on me because of my opinions and so when we began the podcast I figured that one thing we could do to sort of spur debate is I would give my take on whatever the topic happened to be and then we would let our uh, guests weigh in assuming and presuming that their opinions were going to differ from mine so because this is a special feature, I'm going to drop this little intro, kick my little essay, and then we'll open up the floor to a vigorous and robust debate. Here <laughs> we go. How is, uh, you said your wife is, how, what about Janet and the rest of the family, the daughters and everything? They're all doing fine, but I want to make this statement. This is a real good statement here. I look 
betraying my viewpoint. So stay attentive, cause this is a new joint. As I read my essay. Can I talk my Can shit again? As I read my essay. Can I talk my Can shit again? As I read my essay. Can I talk my Can shit again? As I read my essay. Can I talk my Can shit again? Speak on it, man. Just speak on it. In 2005, the New England Patriots drafted a quarterback out of USC, Matt Castle. And they brought him onto the team, even though his college playing experience, uh, he didn't have too much of that because he was behind Carson Palmer and Matt Leinart, all who were both legends at USC. But Patriots saw something, and they drafted him in 2005, and he was the third-string quarterback behind Doug Flutie and uh, future Hall of Famer Tom Brady. And he played his role as a third-string quarterback, did whatever third-string quarterbacks do, stand there holding clipboards and whatnot. And 2005 season went, came and went. 2006 season, came and went. 2007 season, came and went. All with Castle seeing little to no activity. At the beginning of the 2008 season, however, the aforementioned future Hall of Famer Tom Brady suffered an ACL and an MCL uh, tear in the first game. Doug Flutie had long since retired, and... It was time for Matt Castle to step up and see what he could do. Well, it turns out he could do a lot. He was pretty good. He led the team to uh, 10 wins, 10-5 and five record. Um, and they eventually missed the playoffs. But during that year, Matt Castle threw for about 3,700 yards, 21 touchdowns, had 11 interceptions, and overall, it was pretty much a remarkable year for this guy who seemingly came out of nowhere. He even had two rushing touchdowns. So, the Patriots said, hey, we've got a good one here, so, you know, let's give this guy a whole lot of money because this could be the future Tom Brady right here on our bench. So... They paid the man. And then they decided, well, you know, let's let him go to Kansas City. Kansas City needed a quarterback. They said, we're looking around. Hey, this could be the next Tom Brady. This guy's great. Did you see what he did in 2008 with the Patriots? And so they brought him in. And he proceeded to lead the Chiefs to a 4-11 and record. And he threw for 2,300 yards and 16 touchdowns and 16 interceptions. So his stats dropped off, but not so tremendously that Kansas City couldn't justify keeping him on as their uh, quarterback. Because they figured, hey, did you see what he did in 2008 with the Patriots? We could have the next Tom Brady, the next Hall of Famer right here. So 
2010 rolls along and Matt Castle goes 10 and 5 with the Chiefs. He throws for 3,000 yards, 27 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. So, hey, look at that. He's showing those same signs of greatness that he showed back in New England. Now, the Chiefs, of course, didn't go to the Super Bowl. But, hey, look, we've got future Tom Brady. Do you see what he did? Do you see what he did in 2008? We got him. So then we move along and we get to 2011. Of course, by now, Matt Kessel's getting paid because, hey, he could be a future Hall of Famer, future Tom Brady. Well, in 2011, he threw for 1,700 yards, 10 touchdowns, 9 interceptions. In 2012, he threw for 1,700 yards, 6 touchdowns, and 12 interceptions. And so Kansas City said, you know what? Maybe he's not the guy we thought he was. We need to let him go. Then the Minnesota Vikings picked up Matt Castle. Why? Hey, did you see what he did in 2008? He could be the next Tom Brady. Did you see what he did in 2010? Problem was, this was 2013, and Matt Castle, uh, in six starts, went 3-3. Three and three. He threw for uh, 1,800 yards, 11 touchdowns, 9 interceptions. Yeah. 2014, the Vikings said, well, let's keep him on because, you know, he's Matt Castle. You see what he did in 2008? 2010? But in 2014, he got three starts. He went one and two. That year, he threw for 425 yards, three touchdowns, and four interceptions. Minnesota said goodbye. And then the Dallas Cowboys. Tony Romo went down. Hey, we need a quarterback. Let's get Matt Castle. You know, did you see what he did in 2008, 2010? And in seven starts, he proceeded to go one win, six losses. He threw for 1,200 yards, five touchdowns, seven interceptions. Now, I bring up Matt Castle because I like sports metaphors and analogies and the whole thing. There's so many parallels with hip hop. Because when I talk to people I know who are very knowledgeable about hip-hop and uh, I listen to their opinions and take into account the things that they have to say, there often comes a point in the conversation where they tell me, no, 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 most deaf, he's one of the the greatest of all time. Didn't you hear Blackstar? Didn't you hear Black on Both Sides? He's one of the greats. And I always say, well, yeah, but I heard the stuff he did a couple of years ago and that wasn't very good or something he released or leaked on the internet and that wasn't so hot. And then they reply, but no, 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 no. Remember Blackstar? This guy could be the next, he could be the next great. He, he, should, he might be on the Mount Rushmore when it's all said and done. If he can just go back to that, That form on black on both sides, oh man, he could be the best. Well, you know, much in the same vein as Matt Castle, 2008 was a long time ago. Black on both sides was a long time ago. The Black Star album was a long time ago. And I think there has to come a point at which hip-hop fans and NFL general managers realize that most deaf from 
black on both sides, most deaf from Black Star, he ain't walking through that door. Matt Castle is Matt Castle. 2008, 2010, yeah, he did great things, but Matt Castle isn't leading anybody anywhere anytime soon. And by the same token, I think hip-hop people who think that most Def is going to come back and drop some classic album are wasting their time holding their breath and perhaps they need to just go ahead and throw on a Sticky Fingers album or something because all I know is what's in front of me and what's most recently been in front of me about most Def, I'm sorry, Yasin Bey is this whole thing with him being arrested and jailed in South Africa trying to pass off a phony baloney passport uh, before that he had the thing where he was on the video allowing himself to be force fed through a tube like one of the prisoners in Guantanamo he's done comedy shows he's been uh, an actor sort of and he's made random bizarre proclamations and statements and just been generally a weird ass dude and i still have black star i still have black on both sides and i'm perfectly happy when they find their way to the top of my ipod list but i'm in no way thinking that this dude has anything left that anybody wants to hear but i may be in the minority so I'm pretty sure I've got two Yasin Bey apologists uh, in the house. So, where do you guys stand? So much, so much to say. I'm gonna, I'm gonna see the Florida Dre first and come in after that. Well, um, let me, let me say I have my mic on mute while you were reading your essay, <laughs> and I laughed so much when you were talking about Matt Castle. Like, I laughed because I knew where you were going and it's very good. It was, that was, I like the wordplay. I, I like the analogy. I, um, <clears throat> Yassin Bey. I'll say this. First thing I saw, you said, you said you, you kind of, you kind of gave the short shrift to his acting. I do want to say that Yassine Bey is an Emmy-nominated actor. He was nominated for a Golden Globe. Several Image Award nominations. He's been sought out for his acting. Now, as far as rap goes, <clears throat> I I liked most of that last album he had, the Ecstatic album. <clears throat> he had some good music on that album. And I thought that the album was a little bit too long. I thought he could have just pared it down a little bit and to, to just to, you know, the tightest joints and it would have been a great album. People who want to listen to it would have loved it. Is is the most is most deaf from Black Star, most deaf from Black on both sides coming through the door? No. It's a different guy, he's older, he's different, he's a bunch of kids. It's a different guy nowadays. Um and as I as I told MJ on Twitter, like he's he works on his own time in his own universe here on this planet. It's he's one of those consummate artists who 
is always trying to do his own thing and has his own ideas about the world and very revolutionary ideas about the world and what people should be doing and not doing and you know wearing and not wearing and focusing on and what have you um what is what is that he's kind of he's an artist and he's he's kind of erratic he's like you know what's the what's the guy who cut up his ear whose name just escaped me van gogh he's like van gogh he's just like that's just who he is and you know his his music lyrically he still has it well where is it <laughs> maybe he has maybe it's like car keys he lost it Oh, um, I thought, thought I thought MJ was going to jump in. Where where is it? Honestly, it's on reels and it's on records that have yet to be released. That's and, an important point. That's and important. that's one of the things that bugs me the most. Because, and I'll say to the listeners, I also have to, you know, say ahead of time, I have this, you know, this statement. I have worked with him. I have spoken to him numerous times. I've produced and edited one of his music videos. And I've heard new music that he did with Talib Kweli for another Black Star album. That has not come out. And as well as music for a mixtape that has not come out and i don't know what's up with that music i don't know where it is but i promise you i wish i would have stolen a copy of it and held it for ransom because on that the, that music that i heard i heard one talib Kweli sound better and on beat <laughs> than i've heard him in years and the two of them rhyming over classic hip hop beats. So they rhymed over, um, they were Minutes Over You, they rhymed over uh, a tribe, one of our tribe called Quest instrumentals. And this album that they were, we kind of convinced them to make in the studio that one day has at least three or four Jay Dilla beats that are incredible that nobody's ever heard. Like, incredible. Um, well, aren't you in the whole scope of the music industry? Uh oh, here aren't we go. You, aren't you supposed to be the guy who steals it and leaks it on the internet? <laughs> what the hell? I, no, I'm not supposed to be that guy. And then, but, and then, okay, go ahead. No, so, so I, I mean, I have a lot to say on this, but to, just on that point, I mean, I think so here, there's like a, a huge divergence here, right? Because right. James is saying this guy is not coming back. He's not, he can't be great again. Right. And Dre is saying, I've heard him be great. He right. can be great again. I've, I've seen it in action. Right. And James is, is no, that's, that's impossible. And so one of you two is wrong. Right. <laughs> I mean, right. And I, I like to think, and, and I can say, I mean, I don't know what you think of this song or if you saw the, the performance or if you have the track, James, but that fix-up song that that uh, Blackstar did on Colbert and like, I don't know, like four years ago or something. Right. That was a, I thought that was a great song. I, literally, I, that was him that saying like, that actually both of those guys walked back through the door for me on that song. I was like, this sounds just as good as the first Blackstar. Now, whether that would 
reproduce itself over the course of an album? I don't. I can't say, but I can say that spurt, whatever it was, I was like, that this could happen again. Yeah, I mean, it could happen. And I and then hearing from Dre that like there's stuff still going on. Yeah, I mean, I think again, like your positions are polar opposites. Um, and I'd like to think that like Trey knows what he's talking about. He heard him in the studio, you know, within the last couple of years, spitting something that was that was worthwhile. And now my position on all of it, I'm on the record. I mean, we've we've talked about this, and I'm I'm the guy who said the Mount Rushmore quote. I'm the person who said he could have been, in my estimation, one of the top three or four MCs ever. Whatever it may sound like, hyperbole. I think he had the. He, the early stuff that he did I thought was exceptional the Universal Magnetic the Fortify Live and then the Black Star album and then Black on Both Sides I think that catalog uh, speaks for itself honestly and so but what I said I think I, I think it, it was just kind of misrepresented in James's screed um, <laughs> because because the assessment there was like there's all these people saying that He's, he can still come back or he can still be one of the great that's not what I'm what I'm saying is at the time I felt like he was really exceptional and that if he would have continued on that trajectory he would have been one of the greatest but I can say for a fact I hate his newer stuff I, I'm not aside from that, that song that I mentioned I'm not as judicious as Dre is in terms of my thoughts on the quality of this like I don't like anything that he's done since Black Elbow size since the solo record. And so to me, everything about all this is just like sad. And it's like corny, but like it's sad to me because, and the analogy I, I made before was like, it, to me, it's like Lauren Hill potentially could have been one of the best of that genre ever to do it. And Good call. That did, it didn't work out, right? I, I mean, and, and that's, that's the analogy that I make with most death now. And to make that, even to make that analogy is a sad thing to, to have to say or think about because again I think both of those individuals are supremely supremely talented and, and could have been up you know in the Hall of Fame and they're just not going to be there now now my one question and I would say this I would raise this to both of you and I'm curious as to what you guys think isn't it enough to have made right he made two I think we can agree he made two classic albums Classic. I mean, classic, classic albums, and and probably I don't know. However, you want to count it, maybe 20, 30, 40 incredible songs, right? Isn't that enough to say that's I mean, that's cool? I'm straight with that. Like, how many people can you say that about? First of all, and second of all, how many rappers who are really, really good stayed great that you that you know? I mean, I'm looking at you, Q-Tip. I'm looking at you uh, to, to some extent, uh, you know, a Rakim is still Rakim. I, everything Rakim spits is good and I, I like it, but it's not uh... the same. In terms of flow, in terms of, of what his voice and all this, I think in my mind, at least he's still, you know, one of the best ever, but if he comes to the show now or does a song now, it's not going to be the same as it was back then. You can, you can only... I don't know. I just I don't know of, of that many folks who you can say were great throughout, right? And so, B, I'm I'm more forgiving, and I can say, look, like he should have been better. But what he gave us during that like really 
uh, productive three or four years, like that's enough for me. Thanks, dude. Like I wish it would have been more, but that's that's that, that music is going to live with me forever. Well, the question of is it enough? Um, I mean, I'm fully satisfied with it, but as we were discussing, um, he's been in the news lately and he revealed or, you know, said that he's done this, this next album, it's going to be his last album. He's retiring. He's done. And on the various stories I was reading, uh, because I was trying to figure out what the hell was this fake ass world passport he was trying to pass off. The comment section is full of people who insist that they can't wait for this album, that he's he's still one of the greats. He still got it. He still got it. He could have been a contender. The well, I'm not saying that. Saying, that's, that's the thing. Is I, I'm not. That's not me. I'm just saying uh, he had that capacity. I don't know that he does now. Although I like that song, so that's where I. Am. But see, the thing is, where you said, you know. Did you hear the song he did on the Colbert show? Or Dre's like, hey, I heard a song that, you know, an unreleased demo or something. Well, you know what? I saw Matt Castle throw a couple of touchdowns <laughs> a few weeks ago. Didn't mean Dallas was going anywhere. Didn't mean right. he was any better. I mean, I think most of Dallas- We're on the same page there. I, I 100% agree. And that's why I said I don't know if that would, if that quality would, would you know, be consistent over the course of an album but he made a song that i thought was really really good and so that's what we got and over the last for me at least over the last 10 years that was that song or whatever it was eight years i mean and i agree i 100 percent agree with you like that's all it was and i don't i i'm not confident that he could replicate that but he's, he's done real. like i just feel like he's done and it was self-inflicted yes i can agree i agree and i don't know you know What's he doing? You know, he's hiding out with the studio with in, in the studio with Dre making Black Star albums that aren't going to be released. <laughs> Why I do not know. I mean, I respect Dre and I trust him. I have no reason. I'm not going to call him a liar or anything like that. If he was there, he was there. But you know, if a tree falls in the forest, <laughs> if a if a Black Star album drops and only Dre and Quali are there to hear it. Does it even exist? <laughs> I don't know. I say no. And yeah, he had a good run back in 1999-2000. This is 2016. Like, he's done. It's over. Like, acting crazy and being weird and going on Kanye's website and spouting off about God knows what with some weird... Uh, Sizzurp induced freestyle. I don't know what the dude's doing. And I I get it. He's a creative person. He's an artist. He can't be, you know, he has to express himself in different ways, whether that be acting or his comedy tour or poetry or whatever he's doing. I don't know. But just from a hip hop standpoint, he's done. And if he, whatever he comes out with now, I would be shocked and amazed if it was really I'm not going to say worth listening to because I'll listen to it but is it really what What are your expectation levels where are they 
for this last Most Deaf album? Dre? Um, or have you already heard it? I mean, I don't know if I've... I'll, I'll say this. I don't know if any of this music that I heard will end up on this album, but I don't think so, because most of the stuff, the music that I heard was with him and Tyler Pauly. So, and at the time... Well, let me answer your question first. I'm not sure, because he definitely needs to focus the energy. So he needs people around him who will focus the energy into the project into a certain way. And so I know at one point he was working on a project with Manny Fresh. Yeah. And and with Manny Fresh as somebody who could focus, you know, that's a different line. Manny Fresh will put you in a production way that he's producing these, he's producing these records, you're rapping over them, he's putting the music out. So that's what Yasin needs to get the music out. He needs somebody, management, everybody else to kind of focus on. So, you know, if you, it's like Cyclops without the glasses on. The energy goes all over the place. But if he has the glasses on. Sorry, I like that. You, you'll, you'll get a straight shot. You'll destroy it. You'll get some good shit. And so that's what I feel about, you know, the music and whether or not he can come to the door. Will it be black on both sides? I don't know. But I know that when he's in the pocket, he's in the pocket. When he's writing something and he really wants to do it, you know what it is? It's he needs something that'll spark the spark the fire under his ass. So it has to be whether it's a J album and Jay coming out and saying that he's the best rapper alive, or it's he needs something to feel like he can compete with. He needs a young rapper to come out and people to say, "Oh, he's better than Yasin Bey," so that he can get on his own oh, word. Let me do this. Because that's what, you know, it, some some players are better, you know, they, they play to the competition. So if you're just out there dribbling the ball by yourself on the court, you're going to throw up a couple layups. You might try to shoot some, you know, three points, but you don't really care. But if you have somebody on you, on your back, and you're, you're going to play a little harder. And I think that's what he needs. And that's what, that's how we can get that music that we want as hip-hop people. So you... You still think it's somewhere there in the depths of his soul, like yeah, he's because he's a talented guy. Like he he's a lyricist, so it's, it's not the the lyrics haven't gone anywhere. Um, Here's what, go ahead. Can I catch up? But yeah, so why uh, do we know how old most of is? Yeah, he's he's forty two. Right. So nobody's doing their best creative work as far as in my estimation, nobody's doing their top stuff as a recording artist at 42, very few people. I think. Like what frustrates me about most Def more than anything else is that his prime years for creative, you know, production and, and elegance and, and excellence, he was kind of messing around. Like, and he, he didn't focus to Dre's point. And so I, I have lower than low expectations for anything that he puts out. And I'm happy to be surprised because I think the guy is among the most talented people to ever do this. But I I haven't seen it, to your point, James. And aside from that one song, whatever, you know, say what you want about it, which was to me reminiscent of old school Blackstar when they were on top of the game. I I have very, I'm very pessimistic about anything that he puts out. And in fact, like, I, you know, when he brings stuff out, I listen to it quickly. I'm like, all right, like, this isn't going back to what I had hoped. This is just some more weird stuff. Like, let me get through it, and then I can never go back to it. So, 
I'm less hopeful, but I do know that that there's a possibility for something that's good. I just doubt that anybody, whether you're Pasta Noose, whether you're Raekwon, whether you're Q-Tip, whether you're uh, Andre 3000, any of these guys that, that I think all of us would agree to like were the best of the best, I don't think they're going to be doing their best work right now. And if they do, and if they are, man, like props to them because that's difficult. Because you're, you've gone past the point where you're where your excellence is going to be supreme in most cases. There's a, there's, there's some people who can do it, but I think it's rare. Well, see, that's the thing about hip hop is that we don't, we don't revere our, our, our seniors <laughs> and saying seniors at 42 is kind of crazy, but we don't revere the legends in the game when they get a little bit older. Right. Um, in, in, in music, you know, Quincy Jones producing incredible music, in his 60s and his 70s because now he's like 85 almost 90 I think um, but I think hip hop has that possibility um, but we just as listeners it's a young man's game it's like and yeah. listeners it's like sports so when you start getting to 37, 38 people start saying oh it's, it's over for you now you can't do it anymore and you know I don't know if Yassine's the perfect person to you know put it all on his back like he's gonna be the older guy to do it I mean, for anybody, I think it would be Andre 3000 if Peter Punch did it. Or Big Boy. I mean, Killer Mike, you know, almost Killer Mike. He's up there, too. Yeah, well, I'll check, but they say, you know, when you get to 37 or whatever, you can't do it anymore. They only say you can't do it anymore when you can't do it anymore. <laughs> Kobe can't do it anymore. Peyton Manning's yeah. about to get touched up tomorrow or Sunday. Oh, God, please. Oh, yeah. my goodness. It's, and, and there's something, to, to your point, there's something to that. I mean, I I love De La Soul forever. And I everything they come out with now, I want to love. And, I, you know, this Kickstarter thing is a train wreck or whatever. But, like, anything they come out with, these one-off songs that they come out with, I'm like, I, I'm ready to love this song. Like, these are my boys. And I... It's not the same. Like it's not, at least in my subjective assessment, I'm like, mm, yeah, this is okay. And I don't know, it, you know, I can't say what the source of that fall off for me is, but like it has to have something to do with, you know, it's not 1993 anymore, and you know, it's just it's different. I don't, I know that's the way it goes. And we do tend to kind of uh, have a tendency to stick people as Adolphus mentioned, where they were when we met them. Yes. But the thing is, especially with the most deaf, if you have lyrical talent and ability and you're political in nature and conscious, there's always something you can rap about. You just have to do it. He could be rapping about Donald Trump. The whole I entire wish it, I Republican wish field, yeah. but yeah. very few. Now, if his his whole goal is to appeal to the current market, like no, you can't do that. You have to once you reach a certain age, you have to start being artistic with what you do, so that it appeals to people who appreciate the art of what you're doing, as opposed to you know whoever the mass market of consumers is. And, you know, on this, he, he released his weirdo statement on Kanye's website. And I actually pulled it down. I was going to play it, but it's so 
bizarre and weird that, you know, whatever. <laughs> but it's on Kanye's site. Kanye's another of these guys. You mentioned, like, most of is like Van Gogh. Well, Kanye thinks he's Michelangelo and Steve Jobs and Jesus Christ combined into one black rapper um, slash producer. But Kanye, I will give him credit in that he tries things artistically that are very out there, very different, and even in the cases where it's something that does not appeal to me, I give him credit for going beyond uh, what's sort of trending currently, trying something new, trying something different, and if the Yeezus album was a piece of social commentary, then I think it was brilliant. If he believes what he was saying on that album, then I think he's out of his mind. And him, most deaf, and Lauren Hill, you know, <laughs> need to go domicile somewhere else and get their act together. Oh! If Dr. Drew could get them all in a house, oh my goodness, have them work it out because Lauren Hill, I have no idea what what happened with her. Um, Kanye is Kanye and I think his entire life is a piece of performance art hopefully because <laughs> if he believes even a, a smidgen a percent of what he's talking about and what he's doing it's crazy but most deaf I think when he changed his name from most deaf to Yasin Bey I checked out I was like alright I'm done to me that was his retirement ceremony like most deaf <laughs> is the guy that I like. Yasin Bey hasn't put out anything I've cared to hear or hear again, ever. So, I'm a most, I'm most deaf, the mighty most deaf. You guys can have Yasin Bey as he domiciles in <laughs> a prison in South Africa awaiting uh, deportation. Yeah, well, he's, yeah, he's trying to get out of there. Um, you know, it's it's a sad... I don't mean to make light of the situation, but do you guys know that um, I can't help think of this every time I hear or see a news story on this most deaf thing? You guys remember that common song, The Questions? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That so there's a, there's a line in there that I've always loved and that I, like, I remember constantly, and it comes up in different times in my life, but why do I need ID to get ID? Mm. If I had ID, I wouldn't need, wouldn't I, need like, ID. He's always got some ID document <laughs> issues going on, and it's just rearing his head again. It's unfortunate. Oh, man. Yeah. If I had ID, I wouldn't need ID. Yeah. <laughs> that's a great, I mean, it's a brilliant line. It's, yeah, I mean, that's it's, a great line. So, poor guy. I mean, I mean ID. yeah, it's a brilliant line, but the fact is, you can't travel internationally and not have your paperwork in order. We're not living in, like, 100%. what world does he think he's living in? But yeah. this, this is the thing that um, that confused me, and I'm actually going to ask my friend, who's a very good friend of his, and spoken to Yasin at least a couple times this week, I know, how he got there. Because he's been living in South Africa for a long time. He's traveled back and forth on shows. London. He's, he's trapped Japan. He's been places and come back. It was this time when he was leaving 
well, that they questioned his passports. I don't know if he lost the passport, so I had to go to his world passport, or what happened. So I read but about this. Well, so what is it? Yeah. So, and, and I don't know that it's one hundred percent right, but what what I read, they said he got there on a U.S. passport, right. and he had a valid U.S. passport. And they, him and his family, I don't know who that consists of, but they had been living there for three years. Right. And their visa actually ran out last year. Right. And so he wasn't able to leave after that. Or it, like, you know, wasn't supposed to be there. Um, right. But essentially, the passport at some point was not was no longer valid. And so he's like, I'm kind of stuck. And so then there's this world passport and like trying to make the argument that it should be valid. And, but, but essentially... He got there on a U.S. passport. He was everything right. was cool, and then the visa expired, and then the passport was no longer good. And so then, it's like Plan B is this world passport, which is like to James' point, you can't just like make up new rules. I mean, I wish we could, right? Like, I wish I could just draw myself on my driver's like, you know, it's <laughs> you <can> do it. <laughs> but like, you're gonna get in trouble. It's like at some point that's gonna come to pass that you're gonna see somebody who's gonna say like, this ain't cutting it. So right. to be mad after right. you do it is just counterintuitive to me. Like you knew what you did. Like you, like nobody's going to accept your world passport, no matter like, like what it says or how much it looks like a passport. Like this is not like, one half. Like who, who even thinks they can do that? It's like when you right. go to Disneyland and they give you some like Disney dollars. If you leave Disneyland <laughs> and go to like Nordstrom and try to buy some jeans, like, Hey, here's my fucking Disney dollars. <laughs> like this is exactly. this is bizarre behavior, and they had a piece on uh, Slate that was the article was entitled something like "Most Deaf Arrested in Cape Town with a World Passport." <laughs> Period. Then what's that? And <laughs> right. basically, the rundown is. Uh, the Washington-based World Service Authority issues world passports to people who, for whatever reason, prefer not to claim citizenship in any particular country. Only about six countries formally recognize the passport, although, according to the WSA, more than 180 countries, including South Africa, have accepted them on at least one occasion. Actually traveling with one, as Ingber wrote, is a bit of a crapshoot and chances of success will likely depend on the whim or ignorance of the schlub working the customs at the destination. <laughs> so, uh, it's just, it's just bizarre. It's some thing to say, hey, it's, it's like a political protest. Like, I'm not it is, a citizen. I'm, I'm a world citizen. You can't pigeonhole me and I live and travel where I want and when I want. Well, okay, but there's rules. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. so, yeah, his visa expired. And when he was trying to leave South Africa, he handed the customs agent this fake-ass world passport. <laughs> and they were like, the hell is this? So then he was arrested. <laughs> so um, in the equivalent of his letter from the Birmingham jail, he uh, mm. put a statement on Kanye's website which again speaking to the bizarreness of these individuals if you go to Kanye's website as soon as the front page comes up the the most deaf uh, thing just starts playing it's about 7-8 minutes long and there's no 
pause button, nothing. It just plays. Like, you're going to get it. Like, you might have wanted some Yeezy. You're getting some Yasini. <laughs> and he drones on, and I think it was, yeah, it was on the episode we did. We had some other most deaf news. Remember we played that video where he, he said he was going to battle any rapper, anytime, anywhere for like $50,000 or something. Right. And then a day later, yeah, he retracted that in another video. The dude is just, it's like he's grasping at straws. If he puts out good music, then I can overlook some of this weirdness. If Johnny Manziel had been throwing touchdowns, no one would have cared that he was in Vegas that weekend. But when you're throwing interceptions and your team's losing, you can't not show up on time. There's just certain things you can't do. And right. most deaf slash Yasin Bay. I wish him the best because he seems like he's mentally ill. And I don't say that lightly. I'm just saying that the things he's doing and saying sound like they have no real tangible connection to the real world. And that would be a shame. But... Artistic types. Go figure. So, we'll wait and see when the when the most deaf album comes out or when uh, yeah. Drake can sneak it out of the studio. Yeah, um, I actually want to see if I can get at least one of those songs. <clears throat> at least one of those, at least one of the mixtape songs, at least, because they had this whole concept for it. And it was, it was in that same vein of um, the Stephen Colbert stuff. Mm-hmm. That stuff that the song they performed on Stephen Colbert was it was all the mixtape mixtape stuff was all in that same vein because they came in they played that song and I was like oh I heard this song and I remember Talib Kweli's like oh you heard this and he went to the next song immediately and he said mm-hmm. what do you think it is and it became a conversation of it was a it was about four or five people in there including their managers and it became a thing of you guys have to. Out. I forgot one of my my boys said you guys need to do a black store album and Talib Kweli was like mm, maybe and Yasin was like nah and it was like nah you need to do the and so as they played more songs you know I would say see that's the third song see that's the fourth song and so he saw it smiling Yasin saw it smiling like maybe you're right and he's like all right He's like maybe six songs, and I was like, you can't do six songs. Like the album has to have, you know, the legal limit is like eight songs or ten songs. Right. So he was like, all right, fine. He's like, uh, eight songs and then an intro. I was like, an intro and a dope outro. And he was like, I could do that. And his manager looked at me and was like, oh shit, you just got them to do an album? And I was like, I think so. And he was like, yeah, we'll do it. Because they had already had like four or five songs. All it meant, all it meant was them doing like three more songs. So, and this was outside of the mixtape songs they already had. So I want to try to steal like three of those songs. Well, two of those mixtape songs. Because those are songs them they can't sell those songs. So, I'm sorry. The journalist in me has to make sure that I've Uh-oh. got the details correct. Uh-oh, are you saying that you... Selected the, track, the selected the track listing for 98% of a new Black Star album and convinced Yasin Most Def Bay to create a new Black Star album? Is that is that your contention, Mr. Cole? 
<laughs> I'm saying that myself with my friend and their manager uh-huh. convinced Yasin Bey that it was easier than he thought to make a Black Star album because they already had the music there. And he was, because he was fighting with the fact that they had the music, but he didn't see how it went together. And so as I'm listening to it, remember, this is the first time I'm in the studio happening. We were there to talk about the music video that we were doing. So when, as an outsider, I was more of an out. I felt like, a, they, I felt, they felt like an outsider. I was the outsider because all the people around them was like their trusted circle. And here I am, this other guy who likes rap and likes their music and was listening was like, oh no, that's that's a song. No, you can put that here. And so they so listening to somebody outside say it, they're like, oh, you know, if this guy's saying it, then maybe it is what we think it is. And I think Talib was closer to thinking that, closer to wanting to do an album, but <clears throat> I think Yasin needed more, you know, convincing. Because yeah. it's artists. Do you remember how excited you had me when that happened? I mean, I was like, yes. you, were, you were just mentioning it, like little bits of it. You didn't want to give too much. And I was just like, I like emailed you like a thousand times. Like you would have been a hero to me. Yeah. Not and that you aren't already, but. Yeah. <laughs> that, well, thank you. Yeah. And I mean, this is the first time I've said it like fully publicly, like, the, like what went on to, and they have stuff, like they record stuff. I know Talib Kweli, he's always recording new stuff. But the stuff that I heard when I left that studio, I heard them sound better than I'd heard them sound in so long that I was ex- I was so excited. I think I even like I don't know how I did it like Facebook or something. Like I hinted at it. Like I can't believe I heard this stuff because that's how I felt. Yeah. Like it was that. It was just like holy. Sh-. Like if I felt like I was listening to nineteen. It was nineteen ninety nine, and these two guys were because they were rhyming back and forth. Like it wasn't mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm gonna do my verse and you do your verse. It was like back and forth. Like I got these four bars. I'll come up with these four bars. Two bars. Then a line and a line and a line. And yeah. it was like, holy, sh-. like they sound like a group. And that's what the that fix up song on Colbert that that has right. that vibe to it. Right. Yeah. Exactly. See James. See what? It's possible. <laughs> <laughs> See what? <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, I understand. Like it's it's troubling, and I just don't want him to ever be put into that same space as like Lauren Hill because to me she's like the ultimate in hip hop disappointment wait wait what do you mean you don't ever want to see him in that space (laughs) are you kidding they're splitting rent in that space (laughs) he's got the he's got the top bunk in that space but but he's put out music he's put out several albums it's true true. what Lauren's done one album since it, I mean she's done one album and then that was there was that unplugged album I mean he put out something where he was what was that thing where he was on he was on like a parade float outside like the MTV awards and got arrested Remember oh that? yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. um they're they're two sides of the same coin nah <laughs> she's the A side he's the B side <laughs> Nah. With the extended remix. But I think I think the moral of the last part of this discussion, the moral of the story is like Dre could basically save the world in oh. terms of, of oh. most death, of, in terms of Black Star, in terms of new music that's good for most death. So I don't know. I'm just gonna be really nice to you from now on and hope that like something I hear like in three months. Oh, by the way, I have this Black Star album. Don't tell anybody. But, uh, yeah. So. Oh, by the way, I have, 
yeah, nah, I, just, I mean, I just hope, I just hope that they they bring, especially when he saw this, when he said on that, you know, that Looney uh, statement that this was going to be his last album or whatever. I was, I immediately thought to those songs, and I was like, I hope those songs find a light of day, yeah, or at least some of them find a light of day because it was, you know, it was in a pocket. Like they got the original instrumentals of they were made so view from Pete Rock to do it like it was like no you know we gonna they got real, it was real shit yeah but the thing is <clears throat> on that last album I saw basically they had something like you know Kanye and a bunch of people uh, they had listed as possibly going to participate but maybe they will Maybe they won't. Um, uh, if it comes out, it comes out. But I know Kwali now, he's giving away music for free. Yeah. Yeah. So, see. He's also selling it, though. He's also selling stuff, too. I got, he had one fuck the money, and I, it was for free, and so I got it. And <laughs> would I have paid for it? No. But. He's got a whole media empire, and there's books and publishing and different things he's doing. He's like right. a sane, most deaf, mm-hmm. who yeah, can't stay is. on beat. <laughs> oh my if he could goodness. stay on beat, he could rule the world. Oh, my goodness. I mean, seriously. And so when you said Kwali was on board, no shit, Kwali was on board, because nobody's <laughs> calling him to be in a Broadway play. You know. But he's touring. I mean, yeah, he's he's touring. But what's a what's Quali's what's a classic Quali song? Get by. Quali. Get by. Got to get by. Got to get by. Wasn't that what the was it? What? Yeah, that That was was a Kanye joint. That was a Kanye joint. Okay. So, all right. Well, I mean. Good for him, and <laughs> that's cool and all. Oh but, my goodness! You know, nobody wants to see Chewbacca without Han Solo. So I'm just saying. Wow. Um, Damn! Really? Oh, <laughs> now, my thing with Quali is just that he leaves the beat. I love that he's positive, but he. It's every stereotype about quote unquote positive rappers that they're too yeah. preachy and they they want to put substance over style and they don't find that balance way out of whack. But you know, that's just that's just my take. Um, what's your favorite most deaf song? Me I, mean, or I know Dre refers to him as Mr. Yasin Bey, but. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I know in court when he had all them babies and had to pay that those uh, oh my god that back money they didn't refer to him as Yasin or most oh they were like Dante <laughs> order oh in the court goodness. the state oh of New York versus goodness. Dante oh my that's no hold bar no <laughs> my goodness hey. like, no disqualification Kate I know, match, right? no referee <laughs> right right it's I mean trap match. It's just like with the quality thing. I fall back on the fact that I did I misrepresent what happened. I'm sure they didn't call him Yasin Bey in court. No, but that's just mean. Come on, you don't need to go there. 
I don't need to go there. He didn't <laughs> need cha- change his name. Oh, wait, the name part or the court part? Which part I didn't need to go there? I don't know. I don't yeah. know if you just need to go either way, but... <laughs> I mean, I... I understand. understand You can can recuse recuse yourself because I I get it. You're a friend of his, and if someone was going at one of my friends, um, (laughs) I'd be a little, you know, it kind of. I understand. I understand. Um, But I don't know him. Not only do I not know him, I don't get. There's no. Nobody's getting any remuneration from doing this podcast, so I don't have any corporate sponsors to satisfy. I'm not getting any. Uh, Sticky Fingers didn't slide me a free copy of his uh, <laughs> Jones new, new joint. So, you know, when you, you know, like you said, I love Black Star. Black on both sides is phenomenal, fantastic album. And, but the dude, like, you know, like I love Kobe. I love Kobe. I love the Lakers, but Kobe's basketball skills were incredible. Kobe the guy seems like kind of an asshole. I mean, most deaf love this music, but he seems like he's kind of a kook. I don't know. Just saying. But, uh, oh, come on. Six children with four women? Is he in the NBA? What's going on here? Come on, most deaf. Keep it in your pants. Uh, Dante Smith. That's what they said. Dante Smith. Anyway, um, I guess we'll see when the new Most Deaf album comes out. We will uh, we'll talk take, about that, it, yep. take that up. Um, we're going to save the, the other songs that got pulled up on the iPad, iPod uh, for another episode. But just to give you guys a, a hint at how crazy my iPod shuffle is, it also pulled out... Uh, you know the rules by KRS-One from the Blueprint album. So, wow, it's really odd that it pulled out the Run the Jewels and the Killer yeah. Mike, and then it pulled out the uh, You know the rules and the, the Blueprint. The yeah, from two different that, albums. Like yeah, that's that's not that doesn't seem feasible after what is it sixteen thousand songs? Yeah. Four of them are going to be released. Yeah, so. So yeah, so we'll save save those for later. Um, has it started? Has the snow started to fall? Or are you? Oh yeah, yeah. The snow was the snow was falling. Oh, okay. Do you have it's a not, window? It's not. It's not. It's not heavy, heavy. Okay, have so you haven't had to go out and shovel your your walkway and throw down salt and. No, nah, that's that's not happening until tomorrow. I'll okay. do it a little bit in the morning. I I have a snowblower thanks to the the jerk that I bought this house from, who's moving to a. To a senior citizen's uh, complex, and he had no use for it, so he left it. Why is and he so, a jerk? He's a jerk for giving you a, a tool that's going to help you no, and facilitate you no, and your family a, getting help. No, he's a jerk because when I walk in the house, he he left the snowblower, but he took the refrigerator. Well, fuck! You want it all? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you're supposed to leave like as part of the rules. I, mean, I live in Jersey. Mm-hmm. Part of the rules of the real estate law is that you have to have a washer dryer. You can't dismantle it and take it. Really? And you have to yes, and you have to leave the refrigerator. How did he take the fridge to the old folks' home? 
I don't, and that's what I'm talking like, about. Right. He took the fridge to the, and it was, well, it was a couple. So they moved to a complex, like a condo. But we walk into the house, we go into the kitchen, and my wife goes, wait a minute, something's wrong. And I'm like, what? And we turn and we say, the spot where the refrigerator was, was no longer there. I, okay, did you guys live somewhere else in Jersey before this? Like, how do you even know that, like, leaving <laughs> leaving a refrigerator as a tribute to the new owners is part of the deal? No, well, my, me buying, no, I didn't live in Jersey. That was the thing. Mm. I didn't, I came from Queens to, you know, from, to Jersey. Yeah. And so I found all of this out in, you know, the hell that was buying my house. Yeah. Um, and so that was one of the things that we found out is that you're supposed to, you have to leave the washer dryer. And um, we found out after the fact when the when the refrigerator was gone, and we called my I called my lawyer like, "Yo, are they supposed to take the refrigerator?" Because there's a listing of stuff that's in the house. Wow. And like, and so even the fact that they left the snowblower was part of the. We have a snowblower. Do you want us to leave it? Because if we said no, they had to. They would have to remove it from the property. Oh, I see. So it was one of those things where we didn't tell you to remove the refrigerator. So yeah, so I'm going oh. to an electronic place the day I move into a house to go buy a refrigerator. Huh. Okay. That's but what if they have like an old ass refrigerator that you don't like with no ice maker? Nah, they it wasn't leave I saw it? it. It was a no, it was a brand new refrigerator. I saw it. Oh. I like, saw it like it a twenty-seven inch zenith. Believe it. It was believe it. Right. They was they was on they was doing some bullshit. But you know, but but he left the snowblower, so I got that. So I'll be I'll be I'll be good with the snow tomorrow. Not gonna work. Wow. Well, that's fascinating. Always always learning something new. <laughs> Last time it was about the triple fat goose beatdowns. Now Ooh. it's the, <laughs> in Jersey. <laughs> In dirty Jersey, you gotta leave a dirty refrigerator behind. You gotta <laughs> yep. leave your refrigerator. Wow. Okay. And your washer and dryer. Huh. And your washer and dryer, huh? Yeah, gotta leave it. Gotta leave it. Yep. So is that you gotta fa- leave it. Is that you factored in? Take, yeah, you have to leave it or you have to take or you have to subtract an amount equal to somebody buying a new one off the price of the house. But huh. Okay. Wow. Right, hey, Jersey's full of a bunch of bullshit. Like, they have a zillion. Like, I have a sewer tax. I don't know people. Do you have a sewer tax? You're asking me? In California? No. <laughs> right. I have a sewer tax. <laughs> what does that mean? Right. Exactly. Yes. I'm still trying to figure it out. But I just paid, you know, like $350, $400 per year oh, no. on a sewer tax. No way. That's my Right. Thing. Right. Sewer exactly. tax. A sewer tax, fam. You can keep the sewer. Give me my three hundred. Wow! So all, those, so all those bodies that the mob killed can wash out to the. <laughs> wash out exactly. They should, I not, we're not building anything. The MetLife Stadium is done, so now they can't bury the bodies there anymore. Wow. Huh, Jersey. Jersey. <laughs> I'm telling you, both the Golden State. It's where it's at. Until we have that big earthquake and break off into the ocean, but exactly. everybody's got to go sometime. So, all right, well, well, oh, what's your favorite most deaf song? I'm gonna go first? back. Yeah, oh, I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna say Universal Magnetic. Uh, yeah, yeah. 
What about you, Dre? I'm see, I'm I'm I'm, I'm caught. I'm caught between mathematics. I'm caught between mathematics. Do it now. And yeah, I'm caught between those two, like mathematics and do it now. That's song with Buster Rhymes. Um, and, I, and I love Umi Saz, but that's not like I can always listen to Umi Saz, but I'm trying to yes, I think it's between those two from that first album. All right, so Universal Magnetic and Mathematics. Hmm. Let's see. I guess I have to make the deciding vote. So I'll figure <laughs> out what we're gonna get taken out on, and uh, appreciate both you guys taking time. And I like that we didn't have any technical hiccups hang-ups keeping us uh to delay us because we had a lot to get to and thank you for giving me more topics and you guys are going to have to come back because we're going to have to figure out this quality issue (laughs) we're going to have to go through some of these albums that dre has shockingly uh let us know that he doesn't fully appreciate yes and uh yeah sounds good sounds good so all right thank you fellas and uh catch you on the next episode peace all right peace peace. yo a smoke zeph trying to keep it eye level. I ain't trying to beat nobody in the head. Well, not yet anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a, B, boys rock the world. CDs and tapes help generate tapes. E, F is the import of death. G, good. H is what style B, but I grab the microphone and MC. Roll off the tongue like LMNOP. And when I am done, you will agree. Most deaf represent most definitely. Jesus, what I used to rock in 83. Drank up all the Kool Aid at the block party. Used to wish I could break with Rocksteady. Watch 10 speed and brown shoe on TV. But now it's not this, and it's all like this. My name is Most Def, this is good as it gets. Baby, I make you rub your mints like sardines and grits. My still hit, even when the record. Skip, even with the record skip, even with the record skip, I don't quit, I don't quit. We about to make this one sure hit. Sean J, make the party people feel it. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce a very interesting young man who's traveled from very far away to be with us tonight. <laughs> what? <laughs> There is such a place that creates such a melody Brooklyn, no ladies, it's a living dream It's a living dream It's a living dream Love, life, Recognize all area crew Whether you speak Japanese or Goonie Goo Goo Someone I'll come through, other rappers boo-hoo Cause they know they style soft like baby doo-doo I will continue to hit like a fifth A stolen Naya putting jokers on ice To get the cream like Briar No secret most Dev is the one, the Hunter Maya I get in my stance and set the dance on fire Spread out my ways and I take the world high
Peace to the fam, act that they can just shot job on Top Sean and my man I too And all my other clan who reside in the zoo Got the celebrated oatmeal broadcast group Most def gon' keep it naked like oom foo Work it here to the tape like crazy glue So when they bounce out of speakers, they stick to you The way that I communicate is non-typical But I level like a 3D visual I hold the mic extension Exhibit level and dimension I radiate the space like a upright bass Till Sun Ali Cruz lace it escape with no trace Sound official like the finish time at a horse race Hit and put it in place for the 9 Most death set the pace, make a man get chased Raise your hands in the air, everybody get with it Universal magnetic b-boy, scientific, scientific And you don't stop, it go on to the present You don't stop, then raise your hands in the air Everybody get with it, the universal magnetic b-boy Scientific, scientific, you don't stop It goes on to the rhythm, you don't bust it Baby, you send my chromosomes to rock, rock. Microphone says who wanna test the Emma West But sleep that alone I make no bones or pawns about Jabbing bars make the world fall sweet Under the most depth, yes, yes I ring yes. the alarm like tennis saw My style hella raw I keep a raw bone like Skeletor Man, you should go and tell your clientele That they need to get the message like belly melt I got this clap a lock like a death row cell And if I ain't a b-boy, premier never use the bell So tell your poor crew to retire Before I make the catch fire like Richard Pryor Nondescript the fiend of the riches Call the earth's what? But most of y'all brothers is living with your mothers The boogeyman yanking up your covers Sharper than some new box cutters The parquets and butters The Stevie Wonders To make you run into the others The beat lovers I play my jam like the numbers I rock the globe like I rock the boat About to tap it on your shoulder cause you got to know Raise your hands in the air everybody get with it The universal magnetic people scientific like that And you don't stop It go all to the rhythm you don't stop And raise your hands in the air everybody get with it Universal magnetic B-Boy Scientific, it don't stop. And we don't stop. And we don't stop. Then raise your hands in the air. Everybody get with it. Universal magnetic b-boy. Scientific like that. And you don't stop. It go all to the rhythm. You don't stop. And raise your hands in the air. Everybody get with it. The universal magnetic in the b-boy stance.